Hey y'all, hey, welcome back to my little corner of the podcast universe. I am so excited to be back. (laughs) If you are new here, I am Angela Bishop Ross and I am a business coach, money mentor, second generation legacy small business owner, and I am also a lupus warrior. I teach business newbies how to recognize, trust, and then follow their gut instincts so that they can make the best decisions possible about their money, their business, and their life. And woo, let me tell you, it has been a minute since I have dropped in here. But don't worry, I am back and in full effect. It is 2022. Y'all, really? I'm tripping. That's that's messing with me, um, for real. But I'll get my head together around it. It is the year 2022, like for real. Anyway, um, like I said, it has been a minute, but I am back in full effect. And we have started, what, year three of this whole COVID life. And it seems like things are trying to get back to normal. Well, wait, I mean, really what normal, whatever that is now, right? I mean, considering it, we're, we're what almost two years now since we've been dealing with this. Um, So, you know, hopefully we can find a way to create some kind of new normal. Um, You know, those are my prayers (laughs) that we can all gather and and be in fellowship safely. So I do pray that you all and your families are safe and healthy out here as we venture into these Corona streets. (laughs) Okay, now, This episode, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome because, well, I had a moment about, well, it was over the holidays where I was sort of falling back into that pattern that I had um, many, many moons ago. And I got to talking to some other clients and my sister friends, and I felt like this should probably be something I should kick the year off with. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it is, how it affects us women, particularly black women and women of color. And I'm going to go over some ways to deal with it, or at least that I figured out how to deal with that have been successful. And uh, yeah, so let's get into this. Now, what is imposter syndrome anyway? Um, You know, it's been big lately. There's been a lot of focus on it lately, particularly um, on women of color, uh, black women. And, uh, you know, given what had been happening um, these past two years that um, the George Floyd murder kicked off and, you know, it's shown a light on so many areas in the black community and one of which is imposter syndrome. And it's, that's a good thing really, because it has brought an awareness, a much needed awareness to this topic. And if anything, I think it's brought a much needed self-awareness to this topic as well. Sorry, my dog Bandit is (laughs) looking for some love. And let's see here. So let's get into this. Now, Imposter syndrome, according to the Harvard Business Review, is, and I'm quoting, feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt, a sense of intellectual fraud that overrides any feelings of success or external proof of competence. Now, loosely defined, it's doubting your abilities and feeling like you're a fraud. 
and it essentially disproportionately affects high achieving women and people who find it difficult to accept their own accomplishments. Two psychologists developed this concept back in 1978 when they did a study focusing on high achieving women. The position of their study was that despite outstanding academic and professional accomplishments, women who experience imposter syndrome really believe that they're not as smart or as capable as people think and that they have somehow fooled them into thinking otherwise. And check this out. The symptoms of imposter syndrome read like it should be a disease on WebMD, like for real. It's, it's, it's a pretty significant list, and I'm going to read them all, so forgive me if it gets dry, because I think it's important to know the most important symptoms. I don't even really like that word, symptoms. I, I just feel like it's important for you to at least know the most important ones, which are self-doubt, negative self-talk, anxiety, comparison, fear of not living up to expectations, self-sabotage, setting high expectations and goals, then beating yourself up if you think you have fallen short, criticizing your performance and thinking it or you aren't good enough and that you don't deserve the recognition or success that you might currently uh, be experiencing, that you don't belong in the spaces you exist in, particularly in your career or maybe the business area that you've started your own business in, and particularly in educational and academic settings. All these things have you feeling like, get this, you're a fraud, and that you are afraid that you will be found out. That's deep. Now, there are other symptoms, I'm using my ear finger quotations, but the list that I just read off, these are like the most prevalent and and um, maybe most recognizable, I guess, um, put it that way. Now, there's been tons of research and studies on this, but what's not really been looked at is why it even exists in the first place, and until very recently, why it disproportionately affects Black women. Now, peep this. The imposter syndrome concept has been around for a minute, but only in the last five to eight years has there been light shining on its effects on black women and women of color. And like I said earlier, even more intensely, more recently, because of a lot of the the, um, unrest that was going on around um, a lot of the killings in the black community. And really, it's because the psychologist, two white women, studied, only studied, well-educated white women who were solidly in the middle to upper class socioeconomically. No black or other women of color were included, so you know they weren't thinking about their financial or class backgrounds if they weren't thinking about us in the first place. So yet again, we black women were left out. The irony, like really, the very thing that affects our group in the most significant way, we weren't even a consideration, okay? Now, imposter syndrome affects our confidence, and that affects how we show up. Um, I heard someone say something about, and forgive me because I do not remember who this is, 
and I do not remember how long ago it's been, but yeah, I just, I can't remember who it was, but I believe it's a black woman, a young black woman, said something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, that we carry our insecurities into our opportunities. And that struck me, y'all, that struck me. And I, I mean, I could definitely relate to that. Like so many I have dealt with suffered from imposter syndrome too. I have been in some pretty rarefied air, the first, the only. As a matter of fact, one of um, my colleagues at the time, she coined a phrase TIFO. And I, I remember that's how you say it, but but I'm, I'm sure I'm not getting the acronym right. But basically, it's a spin on the first, the only TIFO. Anyway, I digress. But I do remember the games that played on my head. I mean, my confidence, my sense of self really jacked me up, as I'm sure it has done and is doing to so many of you out there. But you know what? I decided that I was just plain tired of feeling that way. I'd look at all the other women around me, white, uh, some Asian, and they just seemed to not have a care in the world. And I wanted some of that lightness of being for myself. (laughs) So I created some pretty basic strategies that helped me mm, get my head together, really. And I created these steps really out of desperation, out of ignorance. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I was tired and I was I just didn't want to feel this way anymore. I just didn't want the anxiety. I just didn't want, you know, I I felt like I was walking around holding my breath. Um, That at some point somebody was going to tap me on the shoulder and and do the finger, you know, like, come here. And uh, I just was tired of feeling that way. In my gut, I knew better. I knew better. And I just felt like I needed for myself to do something about it. And so, yeah. Um, But then I got sick and I started dealing with it all over again, but in a very different and actually harder way. Um, You know, I wasn't the same anymore. I had had several strokes. I had to learn how to walk and talk all over again. And and I, I questioned and second guessed and doubted and all of that. And I, I, I just, you know, the good thing is I journaled and I... It, through the journaling, I, I was able to come back to um, the things that that I did uh, when I was climbing those corporate ladders and, um, and and dealing with it on on another level. Now, at this point in the year 2022, I think we can be pretty clear that systemic racism, sexism, classism, and all the other isms that play a role, I think a major role, particularly in um, education and career spaces, and especially if you're climbing corporate ladders. You know, I, I don't think there is a coincidence. There's no coincidence that women deal with this um, at a particular high rate, right? So much of imposter syndrome is based on the lies that we tell ourselves because as women of color, particularly, we're constantly told that we don't belong. And that message is constantly reinforced. For example, the um, you know supposed beauty standards, particularly in fashion and makeup industries, 
Um, again, till recently, you rarely saw a black woman in ads or commercials, and and you definitely didn't see us with our natural, curly, kinky, beautiful hair, right? Advertising is about the standard, and I'm using my little air finger quotation marks, that's um, about what's acceptable, what's the norm. And we definitely did not see ourselves uh, in ads and, and whatnot. And and again, it's not just advertising. I mean, I can go on and on about all the spaces and places and ways that we're out of place, my air finger quotation marks, in areas like education, in corporate settings, in STEM, in sports. I mean, I can go on and on and imagine how we've internalized that, right? And this has been a good chunk of my life. So yeah, I I get it. So here are some of the ways I've managed to deal with this quite successfully, actually. And I have passed the love on to my clients, friends, and family. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I've, it's been, it's really worked. Some of it is pretty basic, but I want to share. I want to spread the love. So here's a quick list of some of the things that I have done to really get my imposter syndrome under control and working for me, if that uh, makes any sense. So first, I want you to recognize your negative self-talk. Identify it. I name mine. I know that sounds crazy, but I do. You know that little voice that talks to you? Yo, sis, yo, you know good and doggone well you don't belong up in here, girl. What you doing up in here? Soon as they know you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. They're going to ask you to bounce, right? That voice. I name mine. Her name is Saphonia. Yes, Saphonia. Now, look, if there's anybody out there with that name, no shade. I, I promise you, no shade. And I also need to, <laughs> to qualify this. I have a really good friend, and that was a term of endearment for her uncle. <laughs> so really, the name Sophonia actually is a term of endearment for me. Yes, my imposter syndrome voice, her name is Sophonia, and it's because she is a character. And she'd be talking crazy to me, y'all, like for real. And I have to turn around and smack her in the mouth sometimes. But I just feel like if, you know, you name it, um, you know, I'm kind of following in the footsteps of Ianla Van Zant. You know, she does this thing where she says, and I love this because I, I use it in my life. Call a thing a thing, y'all. Some of my clients know I say this all the time. Call a thing a thing. Name it. Identify it. And so I think if you do that when your um, voice, your negative self-talk voice is trying to pop off, then you can be more effective at getting it under control. You know, most of us know the lies that we tell ourselves. Plus, you feel it. You know, you you get a little anxious. You start feeling some kind of way in your gut. Um, there's probably some kind of tension in your body, but but you've got to start paying attention and dealing with it um, so that you can recognize when it's coming. So you can tell her to go sit down somewhere. Right. Second, confront it. Confront Saphonia. I deal with it head on. The first thing I do is I separate my feelings from facts. OK, what's the truth in the situation? Look, 
there are times when we do things wrong and we may feel dumb, but the truth is we're not dumb. We're not stupid. If you're in a situation where you're feeling like you don't deserve that promotion or that new client or, or contract you just got, or you don't belong in that corner office, right? Or you're standing in front of hundreds of people making your presentation. This was me. Instead of making um, that self-doubt be a sign of your inability or your unworthiness, recognize that that's probably just a normal response to the excitement and the woo you know, the natural anxiousness. Instead of doubting your intelligence, your ability, and your worth, okay? Look, sis, look, 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 listen, listen. You are qualified. You are smart. You're creative. You deserve to be wherever you're at. Tell your Sophonia to go kick rocks. She ain't nothing but lying. So don't be listening to her. Tell her to step. Now, the third thing I want you to do is write out your top five negative self-talk or (laughs) Sophonia-isms that are in heavy rotation in your head, okay? Write them out and then write the truth out to counter it. And keep it simple. Here's some examples. If you're feeling like um, you're incompetent or Sophonia is telling you you're incompetent, the truth is you're educated and you're experienced. Um, Maybe Sophonia is saying, you know, you can afford to be wrong in a situation. What you say back to her is, it's okay to be wrong. That's how you learn. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Maybe she's saying, I don't know. Maybe she's telling me that I don't have the answer. Well, I pop off back at her. I clap back and say, I'm smart enough to figure it out. I had a moment where I was in a a room with some really amazing and fabulous people. And I was having a moment like, I don't belong there. And I literally, I had to go to the bathroom and get myself together. And Sophonia was really in rare form. I mean, she, (laughs) yeah, she was in rare form telling me, look, you know, you're not, you're not as fabulous as everybody else. You know, you, you, you talk funny, you walk funny. You don't always say the right words. This was uh, post stroke and seizure disorder drama. And I was um, a bit self-conscious about myself and And I was, you know, I was a little concerned. You know, I was feeling like I didn't have the credentials on top of my physical issues. But what I did was I went in the bathroom, got myself together and said, you know what? I am just as fabulous. All this fabulousness is going to rub off on me. And I'm going to learn so much from all these other fabulous people in the room. And I know that sounds corny, y'all. I know. But for me, it worked. It worked. And you can do a version of that that fits for yourself. And it took me a while to get to that place where it didn't feel uncomfortable. It didn't feel corny. (laughs) You know, it didn't feel fake, but it really does work. Now, the fourth thing, create a script for yourself. I love this. And this is similar to, to your top five. Create a script for yourself using your top five and play that over in your head. Have it ready to go. So the moment... Your Sophonia starts popping off with those lies and self-doubt, you clap back. Create affirmation cards if you have to. Do what I still do. I use sticky notes. 
How many of y'all remember being Mary Jane <laughs> and all those uh, sticky notes she had everywhere? Yep, that was a little bit of me. And I've got them on my bathroom mirror. I've got them on my computer monitors. Uh, as a matter of fact, you'll see them if you're looking closely as you're scrolling through my Instagram. You'll see the little, um, I've got them in different colors um, at the uh, all over my monitor. Um, but anyway, have that script ready. And as soon as your Sephonia rolls up, you smack her in the mouth with your own truths, okay? And then lastly, I want you to be your own hype man. Like for real, like, like what is gonna get you hyped about yourself? For me, it is music. There are certain songs that just no matter what, you know, get me feeling myself, right? And I just, you know, I don't know, it's something about music. Um, but then also prayer. I I talk to God and be like, okay, look, God. Okay, look, 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 look. Now, you know what I'm dealing with. You know what my issues are. Okay? Help me get it together, bruh. <laughs> and yes, I do talk to God like that. So anyway, those are just, you know, those are my top five things that I do and that I use with my clients. Um you know, to, to help get them together and deal with this imposter syndrome. And I just, I challenge you, I challenge you to think differently. Okay. Think differently about yourself. This is, this is you, your life. Okay. Make it be everything that you want it to be. And it starts with how you think. Okay. Look, it's healthy to have some self-doubt and uncertainty when you're entering, you know, uncharted territory. But you have to remember that you and you alone are in control of your own story, sis. And even if the outcome isn't what you wanted or expected or hoped for, you have control over how you deal with it. Okay? Bottom line, the only way to stop feeling and acting like an imposter is to stop thinking like one. One way is with therapy or even a qualified and experienced coach like me. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap up. Go to my website, coachangela.com. Check me out, especially if you're new to me. Okay, spend some time, read about my story. Remember, I'm a money and uh, business startup coach and I teach women how to recognize, trust, and follow their gut so that they make the best decisions about their life and their money and their business. Catch me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, I love Instagram, so that's pretty much where I live. So catch me there. I've got some videos and other Nikki knacks <laughs> on the gram. And I will see you around. Peace.